1: Shalom, my dear brothers and sisters. We are continuing together with this interesting study of the letter to the Corinthians. This is the first letter that the Apostle Paul, Shaul Paul, wrote to the Corinthians. And this letter is a very important letter because it is specifically deals with the issues that existed in one assembly... Corinth, where there were so many needs, beloved brothers and sisters, which the Apostle Paul had to address as he write to these believers at Corinth, this most important letter. We have already had our introduction in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, and we actually read verse 2a, and I would like today to to really continue on from First Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 2 onward, but just for the context, I will read verse 1 as well, all the way to verse 9. And please follow me as we are reading this interesting portion of the first chapter. And so we read, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, through the will of God, and Sothenes, our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth. To them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, in Messiah Yeshua, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name Of Jesus Christ our Lord both theirs and ours. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. By Yeshua HaMashiach. That in everything ye are Enriched by Him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you, unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I will stop here, beloved brothers and sisters, with verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 2 to verse 9 is the portion for this ministry at this time. So we have already learned, beloved brothers and sisters, that the apostle Shaul Paul have written this letter to the Corinthians that as he writes this letter at about 56, 57, 58 A.D. from Ephesus, on his third missionary journey, he is writing this letter because he heard of the situation that existed in that local assembly. We've already covered the fact that the Apostle Shaul Paul... In his second missionary journey and his third missionary journey, he arrived to the city of Corinth. He was used by the Lord Jesus the Messiah to establish a local assembly of believers there in that city. We have learned how, in chapter eighteen of the Book of Acts, the Acts of the Holy Spirit of God, where Saul Paul have arrived there to Corinth, how initially he have Enter into the Beit HaKnesset, into the synagogue, and then ultimately he went to the outside of the synagogue after they didn't all of them have accepted that Jesus, that Yeshua was indeed the promised Messiah, so he went also without and he continued there to speak unto the people of the nations that ultimately many of them also have come to know the Lord Jesus. We did read in Acts chapter 18, that in verse 7, And he departed thence. he went out from the synagogue, from the Beta HaKneset, and he entered into a certain man's house by the name of Justice, one that worshipped God, whose house joined hard at the synagogue, and crispus the chief of ruler of the synagogue believed on the lord with all his house and many of the corinthians hearing believed, and were baptized in other words the apostle paul shaul paul began at the beit knesset the synagogue in corinth and then he went also to the people of the city ...of Corinth from among the Gentiles, and he was preaching. And while some from the Jewish people believed, like Crispus, and like uh, Justus, but then others from among the Gentiles there in that city, they also believed. In fact, the Apostle Shaul Paul ministered there at Corinth for one year and six months, teaching the Word of God among uh, them, beloved brothers and sisters and so as the apostle paul is ministering you remember the lord told him in act chapter 18 and verse 9 he says be not afraid speak and hold not your peace Verse 10 it says that for I am with thee and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee for I have much people in this city. So here we learn of the election of people in the city of Corinth which the Lord Jesus the Messiah have elected. But Paul went forward preaching the message of the gospel of the grace of God. And as he was speaking and sharing the word many came to know the Lord. Shaul Paul continued there for 18 months, and it was amazing to see how the Lord used Shaul Paul there in that city of Corinth. Now, apparently as the assembly was formed there, there were many, many issues, many, many problems that existed at Corinth, And someone came and shared with the Apostle Paul of the condition that existed in Corinth. And Paul is writing to them this most interesting letter that is a letter of corrective ministry. And so we have covered verse 1 already. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosetenes, our brother. And apparently Sosetenes was the ruler of the synagogue, according to Acts chapter 18 and verse 17. There we have learned that he, along with Sosetenes, in a sense, kind of writing this letter to the Corinthians. Just to mention, verse seventeen of Act chapter eighteen, we read: Then all the Greeks took Sosatenes, the chief ruler of the synagogue, he was the newer one, and they beat him before the judgment seat. And Gallio cared for none of those things, and so on. And you see, this Sosatenes he have experienced opposition as well as he have accepted. The Lord Jesus, the Messiah, became part of that local assembly there in the city of Corinth. But the vast majority of the assembly there at Corinth were part of the people of the city of Corinth, the Gentiles who became believers. And beloved brothers and sisters, now the Apostle Paul, after he received information that there were issues that rose up there in that Locality, so he's now writing this letter, and I want you to notice that, of course, in verses 1, 2, and 3, we have covered verse 1 already, and the second verse of first Corinthians chapter 1, he specifically mentioned the church itself. Again, to remind you, when Paul said unto the church, this is First Corinthians 1 verse 2, unto the church of God which is at Corinth he was not speaking to buildings he was not speaking to cement and, and stones and bricks or wood he was not speaking to any anything else except to believers individuals who became part of the local church in the city of Corinth so when we read the word church come from the greek word ekklesia and from the Hebrew word kehilah, it simply means a gathered one, a called out ones, ones that were called to be believers in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. In the case of the Corinthians, there the vast majority of them came out of the pagan. They were a city that was filled with idolatry, but they became saved. They've acknowledged the Lord Jesus Christ. They became part of this local assembly. So when Shaul Paul is writing this letter, he's writing it unto the church. In other words, unto the ecclesia, unto the called out individuals within that locality that is called the city of Corinth. Now notice how interesting, because he's not only saying that the church is the church of jesus the messiah or the church at corinth but it is the church of god you see everyone that became a believer in the lord yeshua jesus the messiah he or she became an assembly of people that belong to god and that's why it is called here in verse 2 unto the church of god but where they were dwelling which is at coins. In other words, there are local churches, local groups of believers, local called out ones, ecclesia, that are situated in various towns and cities in the whole world. Wherever you live in today, there are believers in the Lord, Jesus the Messiah, they are called out individuals. Some are Jewish, some are Gentile, but they belong to the believers, the, to the assembly, to the ecclesia, to the church in that locality. But it is the church of God, this universal called out ones, universal assembly of all true believers who belong to God because of their faith in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. And there is one church, one assembly, one kehilah that belong to God in the whole world, the universal kehila, And of course, the universal assembly is a composition of only, and I'm emphasizing, only true believers, only those that have repented of their sins and turned by faith to the person of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, who died for their sins and paid when he became a sacrifice when he died on the cross and he was buried and he rose again for the justification of all those who believe on him. So the letter that Shaul Paul wrote is specifically to the believers in that local city of Corinth, but it was given for all believers for all times. that we all will benefit from the instruction that he gives to the Corinthians. Notice what it continues, it says, in verse 2, And to the assembly of God, which is at Corinth, notice, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, in the Mashiach Yeshua, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, our Lord, both theirs and ours. You see, he's developing in verse 2, The important to understand that the believers at Corinth were, number one, sanctified. Sanctified simply means they were saints, they were set apart. In Hebrew it says, kadosh or mekudashim. They simply were a people that they were sanctified, meaning that they were a set apart people for God. In the Greek, it's a Hagiazo, H-A-G-I-A-Z-O, which simply means that they were holy or set-apart people. Now, obviously, when we will read the whole epistle, we will quickly discover that they were not holy practically. So, here in verse 2, the Apostle Paul do not emphasize their practical a state, but their positional condition. In other words, beloved brothers and sisters, this is very important to understand as we are studying the letter to the Corinthians, because it is essential for all of us to realize that the moment that we have accepted the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior, The moment that we have acknowledged that we are sinners who need to be judged by God, but He died for our sins and He was buried and rose again for our justification. The moment that we have accepted the gospel of our Lord Jesus the Messiah. This moment we have been forgiven. And when the moment that we become born of the Holy Spirit of God, when the Spirit of God came to take residence in us, We received a new nature, a new life. And therefore we are now sanctified or set apart or hallowed positionally for God. And it is important to understand the difference between positional state of the believer and conditional practice of the believer. We are once and for all saints mekudashim in Hebrew set apart sanctified the moment we believed but from then on as we walk with the Lord we need to be living a life that is sanctified set apart holy life life that as we say in Hebrew mekudash mekudashim and that's why it is amazing how Shaul Paul first of all he is telling them you are sanctified people and how you became sanctified notice verse 2 in Christ Jesus in the Mashiach Yeshua it is because you are in Christ them that are in Christ Jesus are new creation beloved brothers and sisters this is so Clear as we do read, beloved brothers and sisters, from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And it is very clear that there the apostle Paul clearly wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, this is the second letter that he wrote to them. And he said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All the things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and therefore these people were new, their new creation positionally. But as we will study the chapter, we will quickly learn that practically speaking, they fail to live up to their positional place before God. But you notice, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are. Sanctified, mekudashim, set apart, as we have just mentioned, hagiazo. And now we learn that they are sanctified in Jesus Christ or in Christ Jesus. And he says, he continued to say, called to be saints. Now, here again, you notice if you look carefully in your Bible, the word to be is in italic and it should not be there. In other words, they are called saints. They are called saints. Again, that very interesting expression, called saints, because they are positionally saints, set apart to God. And that's why the word called to be should not be there. And that word, again, beloved brothers and sisters, the word here for saints is again, hagios. Hagios, and this is basically the very same word that we have earlier in that very same verse, sanctified. The word sanctified, the word saints, comes from the very same Greek word, hagios, the very same Hebrew word, mekudashim. So there were saints, they were set apart positionally, and they are called saints by God because of their faith in the Lord Jesus the Messiah. But they are not alone because they are with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Now, it is very interesting. I don't know if you took a note here that in the very same verse, verse 2, there is a reverse. Once we read that they were sanctified in Christ Jesus. And then we read that they are called saints with All that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ. You notice in verse 2, Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Is there any difference between Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ? In Hebrew we say Mashiach Yeshua or Yeshua HaMashiach. It doesn't have really any difference except that the word Christ, the word Mashiach, anointed one, emphasizes His deity, the fact that He is the set a part, the anointed of God, it's his title, he is the Mashiach, he is the anointed, he is the one that was promised in the Hebrew scriptures to the nation of Israel, whom Israel as a nation did not accept at his first coming. But he is now forming the body of Christ, the assembly, the ecclesia, waiting the day that this assembly age will come to an end and he will take his heavenly company to be with him. And then the very same Christ Jesus, the anointed one, he will come and restore Israel and establish a kingdom in a future day. So when when we have the word Christ Jesus, it's emphasized first his title, his position. He is the anointed one whose name is Jesus, Yeshua. While the reverse, when we read Jesus Christ, is emphasizing His humanity. Yeshua is a man. He was, of course, is the eternal God who became a man. And He died on the cross as a man. So, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, emphasized His humanity, that He, the One that came from Heaven, the Anointed One, He became a man, and he died, and he paid for the sin of this world. Well, he couldn't die for the sin of the world unless he was the Anointed One, ham the Messiah. And he could not pay for the sin of this world unless he became a man, whose name is Jesus, in Hebrew Yeshua. Matthew one twenty one: you shall call his name Yeshua, Jesus. Yeshua, for he will save his people from their sins. Well, how will he save his people from their sins unless he would pay for their sins when he died and was buried and rose again? So it is interesting in verse 2, when Paul is writing unto the believers at Corinth, he says unto the assembly of God, which is at Corinth. To them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus called saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord, both theirs and ours. In other words, beloved brothers and sisters, the Corinthians, there were saints and they were ones that were calling upon the name of the Lord just like others in other cities. Like in the Galatian, the province of Galatia, in the city of Ephesus, in the city of Philippi, in the city of Colossi, and in other cities, in Thessalonica, and of course in Yerushalayim, in Jerusalem, the early Jewish believers, they were belonged to the same company. They were all part of that universal church, universal assembly of all true believers who belong to God. The assembly of God, the church of God, Kehilat <laughs> Elohim the assembly of God, the church of God. Wonderful to see. So Paul is addressing them, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse 2, to the church that belonged to God, but in their locality, they lived in the city of Corinth. They were a set-apart people, along with all believers, everywhere in the whole world, that came to know Yeshua the Messiah. And you and I, Who are believers today, many, many, many years later, we are part of this universal church, which is a true assembly, the true ecclesia that belonged to God only because we simply confessed our sins and turned to the Messiah, Jesus, and accepted Him because He have paid for our sins when He died for us on the cross. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, how wonderful to see that. You notice that twice here in these verses 1 and 2, the word to be is mentioned. So when Paul speaks of himself, he says, Paul called to be an apostle. But he's not only called to be, he is an apostle, and the words to be should not be there. So Paul called an apostle of Jesus Christ. Then in verse 2, we also read that the church in Corinth are called to be saints, but the words to be should not be there. So it is unto the church of God which is at Corinth called saints. With all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. And now beloved brothers and sisters, he is greeting the believers at Corinth by saying to them in verse three, Grace and peace from God, our Father, from our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeshua Hamashiach. You notice he using that word grace come from the the word chesed. It's very beautiful. Very, very beautiful word, uh, grace, but not only grace, beloved brothers and sisters, is grace and peace. And these words, grace is a uh, charis in the Greek, and peace is come from the word Irene or Irene. In the Hebrew, it is chesed veshalom. Chesed veshalom. Indeed, beloved brothers and sisters, the grace of God, and the peace of God, the chesed Shalom, the charis and irani, it is that which they needed and Paul sought to provide for them. They received it when they have accepted the Lord Jesus the Messiah positionally. And Paul is wishing to them the grace, the chesed, and the peace, the shalom, from God our Father, both God the Father and our Lord Jesus the Messiah. So now, beloved brothers and sisters, while Shaul Paul greeted the Corinthians, the believers there, who were set apart for God in verses 1, 2, and 3, then Paul in verses 4, 5, and 6 remind the Corinthians of the grace of God and how they are so blessed, so enriched because they became children of God. They became part of the assembly of the church of the ecclesia and so in verses four five and six let me read you these three verses Shaul Paul said I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So, beloved brothers and sisters, in verses 4, 5, and 6, the Apostle Paul reminded the Corinthians in this first chapter that they were enriched. That they were enriched by God. You know what it means to be enriched? That they were now a people that became spiritually wealthy. Spiritually Wealthy, that word in rich, it's important word because it reminds the Corinthian that they were made spiritually rich and blessed by God Himself. He has made them spiritually rich again. To remind you that Apostle Paul, not so much here emphasizing the wealth that they may have had in the city of Corinth no he is emphasizing their spiritual wealth that they had because they were part of the body of Christ the body of Messiah see every one of us that become believer every one of us that is born of the spirit of God we have such a spiritual wealth because we belong to the Lord and we are Really, spiritually, we are wealthy because of the fact that the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, have given his life for us, beloved brothers and sisters. And that's why the Corinthians needed to be reminded that they are rich. You notice the Apostle Paul does not begin by correcting them as yet, but he begins by reminding them that they are enriched by the lord uh, jesus the messiah uh, himself and so you notice that and i'm reading this verse again verse for i thank my god always on your behalf for the grace of god which is given you by jesus christ you see the first thing we learn that they received grace what is grace? Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is the favor of God that fell upon his own people to a people that did not really deserve it. We are undeserving people whom God have extended his grace towards us. So that grace carries have been extended unto the Corinthians, who are, like you and I, are sinners by nature. You see, of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, we read already in the Gospel of Luke, when he was a young boy in the land of Israel, among his people, when he grew in Israel, there we read in Luke 2, verse 40, that the child grew and watched a strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and notice that the grace of God was upon him. Chesed carries the grace of God was upon him. Now notice this. When we say that grace is unmerited favor, well, we must qualify that when we speak about the Lord Yeshua the Messiah. When it comes to the Lord Jesus... He merited that favor because he was sinless. And therefore, when he grew in grace, he grew in the favor of God upon him because of who he is and because of the fact that he is this holy, harmless, undefiled person, the Messiah, the anointed one that came from heaven in order to provide salvation for mankind. So he deserved that favor of God. But the Corinthians didn't. Like you and I, we don't deserve, and yet, God have extended unto them, I thank my God, Paul said in verse 4 of chapter 1, always on your behalf, for the grace, for the unmerited favor of God, which is given you by Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus the Messiah, extended to us that unmerited favor. He loved us, even unto death. Have love loved His own which were in the world, He loved them unto the end. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This is wonderful, beloved brothers and sisters, to have everlasting life. But it's the grace that had been extended to each and every one, including these Believers in Corinth, you remember what we read in the book of Ephesians, when Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesian believers, he reminded them, "For by grace are ye saved." This is Ephesians two eight. By grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself; it is the gift of God. God have gifted the Ephesians. God had gifted the Corinthian. God had gifted you and I today by extending to us this grace, this chesed, this unmerited favor, unmerited favor of God. How wonderful it is for us to appreciate that. And so, here the Apostle Paul began that letter with such a positive presentation of his care and concern because apparently... He thanked his God always on the behalf of the Corinthians. Chapter 1 and verse 4 here. In other words, Paul was praying. He was praying for the Corinthians. He thanked God for the Corinthians. He loved them and he wanted their welfare. So here's a servant of the Lord. Here's the apostle, the Shaliah, who cared for the believers at Corinth. And he was praying for them and thanking God for them. Why? Because he is so thankful that God's unmerited favor was extended unto them and it was given to them through the person of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. It is a gift from God as we read it in Ephesians 2 and verse 8. But it doesn't stop here, beloved brothers and sisters. Shaul in verse five continue. Paul is saying the Corinthian, you were enriched by God. You were enriched by God. Beloved brothers and sisters, listen what he's saying. That in everything, in everything, ye are enriched. You were made rich by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. In other words, they could speak, they could share God's word, they had the knowledge that they received from God, and they were so blessed, beloved brothers and sisters, because of the fact that they have been redeemed and became part of the assembly in the city of Corinth. You know that expression that they were enriched by God in all utterances and knowledge. Think about it. In First Corinthians chapter 12, we do read a little bit later on, as the corrective ministry will be developed by the Apostle Paul, there we read in verse 8. For his notice of the gifts of God and the utterances that they received in that enrichment that came from the Lord, he said, For to one given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, this is verse 8 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracle, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirit, to another diverse kind of tongues of speaking languages to another the interpretation of tongues verse 11 but all these works that one and the self same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will in other words Paul is saying to the Corinthians in verse 5 chapter 1 verse 5 that In all things, in everything, they were made rich. Who made them rich? Him. This is the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, in the power of the Spirit of God. And then in all utterances, they could speak the things of the Lord when they were submissive to the Lord, and they were privileged to have these utterances, uh, that they could share the Word of God, the Gospel message. And this is wonderful to remind you, beloved brothers and sisters, that the early apostles in the city of Jerusalem received that amazing power of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, said to them in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem." and in all Judea, Yehuda, and in Samaria, Shomron, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth, beloved brothers and sisters. These are the utterances to share the message of the Word of God, to present the wonderful glory of God, the wonderful grace of God. That's what they were called to do, beloved brothers and sisters. So the Corinthians, they were not short of anything. In everything you were made rich, and you are made rich by Him in all utterances and in all knowledge. Notice also in all knowledge. In other words, the Spirit of God that was given unto them and dwelt in them when they became believers is the same Ruach HaKodesh, the same Holy Spirit that will guide them, that will instruct them but they must be led by the Holy Spirit of God in order to be used by the Spirit of God and to honor God as they were gifted by God and by the Lord Jesus the Messiah. Well, he continued, notice that in the same chapter 1 of First Corinthians, the Apostle Paul continue, and he's saying to them in verse 6, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. In other words, the testimony of the Lord Jesus the Messiah was confirmed in you. To remind you, beloved brothers and sisters, what is the testimony of the Lord Jesus the Messiah that was confirmed in them when they have received the gospel message? when they have received the testimony of the Lord Jesus the Messiah, as it was preached unto them through the Apostle Shaul Paul in the city of Corinth, and that they have accepted the person of Jesus the Messiah, and became part of the assembly, part of the church, the ecclesia, they are now enjoying the blessing of being enriched by Him in all utterance and in all knowledge. To remind you, that according to the same book, 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul, when he was at Corinth, he presented to them the Gospel. You remember what he said to them in the very same letter later on. We will speak about it when we will arrive to chapter 15. But in chapter 15, Shaul Paul remind them in verse 3, For I delivered, past tense unto you, I have already told you, how that Christ, the Messiah, died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He is reminding them that I have already told you when I first came to Corinth that on the basis of the Hebrew Scriptures, the Messiah died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried. And that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. This is verses three and four of First Corinthians chapter fifteen. I delivered past tense. I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for the sins, for our sins according to the scriptures. In other words, Paul received this information from the Lord, he passed it to the Corinthians. And now they became believers. And as it says here in verse 6 of chapter 1, the testimony of Christ, of the Messiah, was confirmed in you. Confirmed in you, Corinthians, when you have accepted the person of the Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. My dear friend, if you have accepted the Lord, if you have acknowledged the message of the gospel, that very testimony of christ of the messiah of yeshua jesus the messiah it will be immediately confirmed in you the moment that you have accepted him as your lord and savior and you will belong to him because of the fact that you have accepted the testimony that he died for your sins He died for our sins and he was buried and he rose again as it was promised in the Hebrew scriptures by the Hebrew prophets in days of old. To remind you that when Apostle Paul was writing the book of Corinthians, he was writing it much later when he came to Corinth. The basis of, upon which he could proclaim the Word of God is only upon the Hebrew Scriptures. He didn't have a New Testament in his hand, the New Covenant in his hand as yet. It was the canon of the Brit HaChadashah, the New Covenant was not yet completed. He was enacting Corinthians when he was there in the city of Corinth in Act chapter 18. And so now he's writing this letter, but he's reminding them that when I was with you and I share with you the message of the person of the testimony of Jesus Christ, you have accepted and now it was confirming you because you have accepted it, you acknowledge it, and you turned by face to the person of the Lord Jesus the Messiah. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, verses 1 to 3 Paul greets the Corinthian believers who were set apart people unto God. Mekudashim, saints, they were set apart to God. In verses 4, 5, and 6, Paul reminding the Corinthians of God's grace. And as God's grace, unmerited favor was extended to them, they are enriched because they became spiritually wealthy the moment they've acknowledged the Lord Jesus the Messiah as their Lord and Savior. This is wonderful to see this in the life of the Corinthians. And Paul, even before he began to deal with many of the issues which he will deal later on with the people, with the local assembly that if we can list the problem that they have had in almost every chapter of the book of First Corinthians, there are issues after issues after issues. In chapter 1 from verse 10 all the way to chapter 4, verse 21, the apostle Paul have instructed them of the problem that they had in connection with divisions among them. In chapter 5 or verse 1 all the way to the end of chapter 6, they had another problem, the problem of immorality in their midst. In chapter 7, verse 1, to the end of the chapter, they have the third problem, it is the problem in relationship to marriage. In chapter 8, all the way to the end of chapter 10. They had a problem in connection with the believer's liberty and freedom in Christ, in the Messiah. In chapter 11, it is their fifth problem. They also had an issue, a problem in relationship to the Lord's table, to the Lord's supper, to the memorial of the Lord, to remember the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, in his death, burial, and resurrection. In chapter 12 verse 1 all the way to the end of chapter 14 they had an additional problem and the problem is with the spiritual gifts which were abused in this local assembly. In chapter 15 the whole chapter Paul is dealing with a seventh problem which they had the problem regarding the truth of the resurrection and the resurrection of the believers And finally, in chapter 16, they have the eighth issue that the Apostle Paul was dealing with as he was writing the book of 1 Corinthians, the problem with regard to money, to financial support of the Lord's work, and so on. So there were many, many problems that the Corinthians had, but Shaul Paul does not begin with the problem. He began by greeting them, verses 1, 2, and 3, and by reminding them that they have received God's unmerited favor, and they are now positionally and spiritually are a wealthy, enriched people. Paul continue now, beloved brothers and sisters, in, in verse 7, and now the Apostle Paul points to the fact that the Corinthians now positionally were blameless before the Lord. Now it it is amazing to see how Paul is a presenting truths that we all need to grasp to be blameless. The Corinthians to be blameless. Listen to this verse seven. So that ye come behind in no. Gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he continued to say, Who shall also confirm you unto the end that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of His Son Jesus Christ, our Lord, so really verses seven, eight and nine first Corinthians one Verses 7, 8, and 9, the Apostle Paul is pointing to the fact that the Corinthians were blameless and that they were secure before the Lord. In other words, as far as they are uh, in their positional relationship with the Lord, with God, they were, notice some of the words here, that he's mentioning here in these verses 7, 8, and 9. Notice in verse 7, they came behind in no gift. In other words, they were never lacking anything that other churches had, other local assembly had. He's saying so that he came behind. You do not lack any spiritual gift. You came behind in no, notice that, in no gift. The word for gift is, here is charisma. In Hebrew the word is matana, charisma. So they did not come behind in any gift. They were not short of any gift. All the gifts that are found in Romans 12, in 1 Corinthians 12, in Ephesians chapter 4, and in 1 Peter chapter 4, They did not come behind in any of these gifts. They had all the gifts in their local assembly that all those believers could enjoy when they are under the guidance of the Holy Spirit of God. These are spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Gifts that will assist them in ministering one to another, beloved brothers and sisters, in the local assembly. So he is mentioning this to them that they came behind in no gift this is so interesting to notice in other words they were not lacking any gift from god they had spiritual gifts just like other assemblies have enjoyed for example in the, the the romans paul wrote in verse 11 of chapter 1 paul said for i long to see you that i may impart unto you some spiritual gifts To the end that ye may be established. You see, spiritual gifts were given to the assembly in order to establish the assembly, the people of God, the believers. So the believers will grow spiritually and be strong in the Lord here in this world. You see, in Ephesians chapter 4, we read concerning these gifts. It says in verse 7, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ, the gift of the Messiah. Wherefore he says, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men. These are people, men and women, in their sphere to be used in the assembly, among the service, among the people of God. To the men, God gave the public gifts, but gifts were given to both, men and women, to use in their ministry to God's people. Various gifts that God had given to the assembly. In Ephesians chapter 4, we read that specifically the purpose of the gift was, notice verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So, all believers have gifts. The Corinthians, each one of the brothers and sisters there had spiritual gifts. So, they came behind of no charisma, no matana, no gift, as they were waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the end of verse 7. In other words, until the Lord will come, and he would come at any time. Of course, when Shaul Paul wrote this letter, of course, he was writing to the believers there sometime in the around 56, 57, 58, 59 A.D. And now we live in the year 2022. Each assembly, each co- congregation in each city waiting for the day that the Lord will come. He may come today. So we are all called to wait until the coming of the Lord. But until he will return, he have gifted the believers, every believer. Notice he doesn't say some of you came behind in no gift. But he says ye come behind in no gift. In other words, every believer in the city of Corinth had gifts from the Messiah. These gifts are spiritual gifts, and they are to be used in order to build up the body of Messiah, and that they are to be edifying, and they are to be used in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And we are to use these gifts that the Lord had given to us, properly guided by the Holy Spirit of God, with the understanding that it is for the benefit of the people of God, for the glory of God, for the blessing of God's people, and it is until, as long as we are waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord is coming to take the church, to take the assembly, to be raptured out of here, before He will judge this world in righteousness at the tribulation period before he will restore his earthly people Israel and establish the kingdom. He is given gifts to the believers in the assembly of God. And they are all over the world in many cities and countries in location and all receive each one receive a gift from the risen Messiah he gave gifts unto men for the purpose of the edifying and the strengthening of the body of Christ, the body of Messiah. And it is to be used, the gifts are to be used until the coming of our Lord Jesus. Notice what he continued to say in verse 8. Not only that you came behind in no gift, you cannot say that you are lacking what another local assembly had because you have no shortage of gifts. The problem is that they were abusing these gifts, as we will read it later on. It was one of the problems that the Corinthians had. But Paul does not begin by correcting them. He began by telling them, what a blessed people you are. How blessed you are because you have accepted the Lord and you are now set apart for Him positionally. And you receive gifts to be used for him here in this world, and you are waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. Amazing. You are enriched. You are blessed. You have all utterances, all knowledge, because when you are guided by the Lord, you have this information in the power of the Spirit of God. You are to use your gifts as you are waiting for our Lord Jesus Christ. He continued in verse 8, and he's telling them in verse 8, Beloved brothers and sisters, that they are blameless people. Blameless people. Notice, Who shall also confirm unto you th- the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the day of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. Now you notice that? The who, in verse 7, is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. You notice, we are waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, when He is coming, He will confirm, notice, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, beloved brothers and sisters, The believers at Corinth, just like you and I, beloved brothers and sisters, are considered by the Lord Jesus as blameless. Now, we can hardly imagine that you mean I am blameless? You know, there's no blame in you or in me or in the Corinthians. Well, again, it is a spiritual position that we have because we belong to the lord jesus the messiah this is fascinating to understand that beloved brothers and sisters listen to this what we read in the colossians chapter 1 verse 20 21 and 22 and having he made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him i say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven and you, he's speaking out to the Colossians, verse 21, that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. See, Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus the Messiah, have reconciled us by fact that he made shalom, peace by the blood of his cross. Then, verse 22, it says that ye now had been reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, Yeshua Jesus died, to present you not as holy and harmless and unreprovable in his sight. Now, this, beloved brothers and sisters, this is fascinating. It is amazing to know. That as far as God is concerned, that all true believers are blameless before Him, before God, holy, unblameable, unreprovable in His sight? Well, it couldn't be unless we are in Him, in Christ, in the Messiah, in Yeshua. Because He is the one who paid for our sins. And so we must distinguish, and I'm emphasizing this once again, we must distinguish between positional truth and conditional practice in our life. Positionally, we are blameless. Positionally, the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, who, this is Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, shall also confirm you unto the end that ye may be blameless in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is that day of the Lord Jesus Christ? In Hebrew, it says, Yom Ha'adon Yeshua HaMashiach. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, that day will come. The day of our Lord Jesus Christ has to do with the day in which we will all have to stand before Him. And those of us who are believers will be escaping the judgment that we deserve because of our sin, because we have believed on Him and accepted Him. And so, even though we will stand in the judgment seat of Christ, in which we will have to give an account as to how we lived our life, 2 Corinthians five ten tells us, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We all have to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Why? 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10 tells us that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. So in other words, we will receive what we have done in our body, good and bad. We will receive rewards for what we have done for the Lord, and we will all the thing that we did not do for the Lord as believers will be burnt. But we will be blameless in the day of Jesus Christ. Why? Because of the fact that we have accepted Him as our Lord and as our Savior. You see, there is another verse in. First Corinthians five is speaking about one of the believers who lived immorally and he hasn't judged himself. And so the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 5, we will get to it in due time. He says to deliver such a one unto Satan because of the way he lived. For the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved, not as in the day of the Lord Jesus. That is the day of the Lord Jesus. This is what we have here in verse 8 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The day of the Lord Jesus. This is the day when we will stand before the Lord and we will give an account. But all that evil or anything wrong that has been done during our life here on earth as believers will be burned. But we are blameless because we became Redeemed through the precious blood of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, in second Corinthians one and verse fourteen we read, as also ye have acknowledged us in part that we are your rejoicing, even as ye also are ours in the day of our Lord Jesus. this is a day. In which all believers will have to stand before the Lord and in that day all believers will enter into eternity with the Lord because of the fact that he made us blameless. He made us blameless because of what the Lord Jesus the Messiah has done for us. This is... Wonderful to know, beloved brothers and sisters, as we read it in Colossians chapter 1, that to present you holy, to present you unblameable, and to present you unreprovable in His sight. And that is very precious to understand as we study together, beloved brothers and sisters, this wonderful, interesting, instructive epistle of first corinthian in first thessalonians there we read in chapter 5 and verse 23 and the very god of peace sanctify you holy and i pray god your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming orders of our lord Jesus Christ. In other words, He is coming, coming when we are He's going to take us to be with Him before His second coming to rapture us. We are going to be with Him and ultimately after the judgment seat of Christ, where all that which was done in the flesh will be sifted and burned. That which was done for Christ will be rewarded, but the believers will be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul concludes in verse 9 in his introduction as he reminding the Corinthians the blessing that they have because of their faith in the Lord Jesus and their security before the Lord. He is concluding in verse 9 and he says, God is faithful. Notice, the Corinthians were not faithful. You and I are often are unfaithful, but God is faithful by whom we were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. In other words, God is faithful. He will not change His mind, even because we fail Him, and we do fail Him often. He will not change His mind, beloved brothers and sisters. God is faithful whom ye were called, not that by whom ye were called unto this fellowship, the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. We read in First John 1, in verse 3, 6, and 7, these words. We read there concerning the fellowship. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son Jesus Christ Yeshua Hamashiach. In verse six of the very same First John chapter one it says, "If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth." Verse seven, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ. His Son cleanses us from all sin. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, in the introduction, As the Apostle Paul greeting the Corinthians, he reminded the Corinthians of God's grace. And he is uh, pointing to the fact that they are enriched and that they are secure before the Lord because of the work of the Lord Jesus the Messiah. He is telling them that they are came behind in no gifts and they will be blameless at the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that they are called to this amazing fellowship. The fellowship of His Son, of God's Son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord. May the Lord help us to enjoy that fellowship to which God have called us. This is an eternal fellowship. It will never stop. But we are called to live that life now, to enjoy that fellowship today, as we live here in this world. Well, beloved brothers and sisters, as we will continue on, From the next verses, 1 Corinthians 1 onward, from verse 10 all the way to the end of this book, may the Lord help us to understand the corrective ministry that Apostle Paul is seeking to share and to minister to the Corinthians who needed much correction as you and I need today, much correction in our life as we walk here until the Lord will come. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord encourage us all. And soon with the Lord Jesus, the Messiah will come and we will be with him for time and for eternity. Until the next meeting, God bless you, my dear brothers and sisters. Shalom, shalom.
0: You have been listening to The Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at HolyScripturesAndIsrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching, on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m., and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.